The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamepodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit Use code uh, SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime is last-minute tickets and the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase and in honor of veterans day everything in the merch store is 10 percent off with the promo code vets v-e-t-s all proceeds from this sale will be donated to mission 22 a nonprofit serving those who have served and welcome everybody to the tennis gambling podcast here on the sports game podcast scenario it is currently early sunday morning november 12th Number host always Scott Reichel once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode because it is time to preview the ATP finals in Turin. So we're going to go through the outrights and we're going to preview the groups for the red and green groups. But for any of that, do want to recap what happened in the Saturday matches in Mets and in Sofia. Unfortunately for the lock and dog picks, did not go well. We went 0-2, ended up picking two plays from the same match with Shevchenko plus the four as our lock, and our dog was the over two and a half sets. Didn't get there as Shevchenko was not able to break in the entire match. Umber won 6-3, 6-3, and we picked up a double loss in that match. And it feels like a common theme of the... Uh, I'd say end of the tournament for us because we had a couple of bets on guys that were just not able to break serve, and it was pretty frustrating. If you look at the actual numbers, Shevchenko and Umber served pretty well, but the big difference was the second serve points. Umber won 75% of the second serve points, where you ended up seeing uh, Shevchenko win 43% of his second serve points. Uh, Umber ended up facing one break point, which he fought off. Shevchenko fought off four of the seven. By the end of the day, Shevchenko's returning game was not good enough, and Umber ended up winning another ATP title. And as for Sofia, we had no action, but didn't exactly have the right lean there either. Without Draper would win, and he lost in three to Manorino. What a year for Manorino. Really not much more to add. He's been phenomenal. It was a very fun match, went three, but Manorino bounced back after losing pretty uh, convincingly in the second set as he won the third set 6-3. So nice job by him winning another title. But either way, the Frenchman dominated on Saturday as both Frenchmen ended up winning another title. The issue that I kind of made with regard to those matches was that I might have underestimated the nerves associated with it being the first potential ATP title for both guys. Shevchenko has zero titles on the ATP level, neither does Draper, and maybe... Uh, the nerves got the better of Shevchenko. Draper, I don't really think so. Draper looked fine. I just think Manorino outplayed him. And Manorino also did a very good job of injecting pace into his shots. How the Manorino would be willing to try to outlast Draper in long rallies didn't happen. Manorino was very aggressive, especially on the returning game, where he had a couple of return winners down the line. But I want to give Manorino props for using a style, that, or I should say a strategy, that I wasn't anticipating. And it definitely caught Draper off guard. Manorino, though, was trying to end points early, which I was not expecting to see. And that ended up paying some dividends as Manorino won 6-3 in the final set. But not really much more to add. Once again, it was one lopsided final and one close one. But as for our picks, didn't exactly work out. We'll try to bounce back here with the ATP finals. But it is a pretty interesting, I'd say, tournament design, which you might remember, maybe you don't. But they don't have actual 
tournament rounds. What they have is two groups for round robin stage where everyone plays against everybody else at least once in their group. So three matches for each player in the round robin stage. Then they move on to the semis, top two in each group, and then you move on to the final. So I'm not sure how we're actually going to going to go about breaking down the matches because we have specific matchups that are predetermined, but even if a player loses, they're not eliminated. So I'm not sure if we're going to do an episode a day or what the plan is, maybe an episode every other day, but the matches are determined already. So we're going to go from there and see what happens. But either way, I wanted to at least make that clear. The formatting is a bit different, so it can get a little bit weird in the final uh, day of the round robin if a player already clinched. You saw it in the tournament last year where Djokovic and Medvedev faced off in the final day of group stage and it was a weird spot because Medvedev was already eliminated because he was 0-2 and Djokovic already clinched because he was 2-0. and So you can argue that neither guy was really playing for anything and yet they ended up going out there anyway and having a war. But there could be scenarios where one player has more to play for than the other and I wanted to bring that up because that's something you're not going to see in any other tournament in the course of the calendar year. But anyway, time to actually get into the ATP Finals. We're going to start off with the history of the event. Now, this is going to be the third year in Turin. So to go through the history in Turin, Djokovic ended up beating Rude in the final last year. Zverev ended up beating Medvedev in the final in 2021. Medvedev won it in London in 2020 against Team. Uh, Sissipas won in 2019 against Team. Zverev won it again against Djokovic in 2018. The Dimitrov won in 2017. You had Murray against Djokovic in 2016. And before that, Djokovic won... Four times in a row. He won in 12, 13, 14, and 15. Uh, Federer has six titles here in the ATP Finals. Djokovic has six as well. And you're looking at Nadal. Shockingly, he has zero. You might be shocked by that, but Nadal has never won an ATP Finals. In fact, he's only made the final, uh, I believe it was one time, I think, as he lost in 2013 to Djokovic, but yeah, Nadal has not had any titles here, so I feel like most people would have expected him to have one or two. He does not. Djokovic has six, uh, uh, and you see Federer with six, so Djokovic can go for the all-time record for most wins at this event. Lendl had five, and Sampras had five. Uh, Federer has six, and once again, Djokovic can go for his seventh with a title here, and he's the betting favorite. Now, I'm going to start off with the actual uh, groups, and then I'll get into the outright odds, because I'll go with the same approach that I... I'll go with the same approach that I use for actual tournaments. So to start off with the actual groups, I I mentioned this in the last episode, but the green group is a lot easier than the red group. The green group consists of Djokovic at minus 175, Sinner is plus 275, Tsitsipas is 7-1, and Rune is 9-1. Now, just to be clear, the winner means first place. You can still advance without winning the group, kind of like a World Cup. If you are top two, you advance. So Djokovic is the favorite to win the group at 175, and to be honest, I'm not picking against him because Djokovic is the best player in the world. He's been in great form. We just saw him win a title. And he won a Masters 1000 title, so it tells you how good of a form he's actually in. I know he was vulnerable at times with the three sets against Greekspor, three sets against Rublev, and three sets against Rune, who's in his group. But I do think that Djokovic is worthy of being the favorite. He's won this tournament six times. He won this event last year on the same court that it's going to be in because it's in Turin again. So Djokovic is my pick. 
I'm not really going to waste time on anybody else. I just think Djokovic is too consistent. I think he'll be able to beat Sinner and Tsitsipas and Rune. And I do think that you're looking at Djokovic winning this group. So I'm going to not really spend much time in that market. Now, I do want to mention which player reaches the semifinal because it's a separate market. Now, Djokovic to finish top two in the group is minus 450. Sinner to finish top two in the group is minus 200. You have Tsitsipas to finish top two is plus 170. And Rune to finish top two is plus 190. So first things first, I'm going to start off with... Rune, because I already said Djokovic is winning the group, so that's a given. I'm not going to take him at minus 450. Rune at 190. I'm not going to take him. Now, he was pretty good with Becker as his coach recently, but I have not seen enough. I have not seen enough consistency, and I do think facing off against fellow top 10, top 8 players will be too much for him to handle. Rune, we know, can, when he's on, play great tennis, but I am concerned by his overall level. And I do think that even though he took Djokovic to three sets, I have too many questions about him consistently showing up against the likes of Tsitsipas and Sinner that I do think even if he's able to make a match competitive against one of those three guys, I'm not sure he wins. I think he's definitely the worst player in this group, so I'm not going to take him at 190. Now, Tsitsipas is interesting at 170 because Tsitsipas had a pretty underwhelming last couple of months. He did pick it up a little bit in the last tournament he was in, before eventually losing in a third-set tiebreak to Dimitrov, who was in the middle of a great run there in Paris. But he did beat a couple of good players before that, ended up beating Felix in straight sets, beat Zverev in straight sets, and beat Kashanov in straight sets, before losing to Dimitrov in three. But I do think when you're looking at the overall, I'd say, turning point for me, in my opinion, on Tsitsipas in this quarter, it's his head-to-head record against Sinner, because I do think that Rune is going to come in last, and then Djokovic is coming in first, so I'm basically torn between Sinner and Tsitsipas for the second spot in that group, and Tsitsipas, believe it or not, is 5-2 and two lifetime against Sinner. Now, Sinner did win the meeting earlier this year in Rotterdam, as he ended up winning 6-4, 6-3. They faced off in the Australian Open in 2023 as well. Sitipas did win in five, but he did also win the first two sets. So I'm going to throw that out there. They faced off a couple of times on clay, uh, and those matches, Sitipas ended up winning three of the four, but they faced off in the Australian Open uh, one more time before that in 2022, and Sitipas won in straight sets. Sitipas has won two of the last three hard court matches between them, and you're looking at the one exception. It was this year in Rotterdam. So you can argue that Sinner should be the betting favorite over Sitipas because he's been in better form throughout the entire year. But the head to head is definitely worth mentioning, and Sinner did have to uh, withdraw from Paris because of bad scheduling spots with fatigue. It was mostly a scheduling spot, but I do want to at least bring it up. He has not played, though, for about 10 days, so he should be well-rested. I do not think that's going to be a concern, but he was going to a couple of marathon matches against McDonald and against Medvedev. Should be fine now, though, with him having a bit more time off in between because he went straight from Vienna right to Paris, and as a result, fatigue mixed with the bad scheduling was going to be his undoing. That's not the case here, but I do think Sizipas is actually quite live to potentially beat Sinner in that first match, and I do think that the head-to-head record in favor of Sizipas tells you there might be some value at this current spot. Now, do I think Sinner or Joke or do I think Sinner or Sizipas will beat Djokovic? No. Do I think that Sinner has a better chance of beating Djokovic than Sizipas? 
I truly don't know because Sitsi Paz has seen him a lot. So there is a chance maybe, but I think both of them wouldn't beat Djokovic anyway. But I think for the sake of this matchup and for the sake of the semifinal market, I think the value is on Sitsi Paz. I'd rather take Sitsi Paz at plus 170 than Sinner at minus 200 when I think these uh, head-to-head matchups, the head-to-head matchup between them is going to be pretty close. So for the value play, I am going to ignore Rune. I'm going to ignore Sinner. I don't see much value at minus 200. And I am going to go with Sitsi Paz at plus 170. Do I think Sitsi Paz is going to make it into the semis? Probably not. But I do think that Sinner at minus 200 is a little bit too steep. And as a result, the the price on Sitsi Paz is a bit long. And I'm going to jump on it now before it potentially moves. Anyway, moving on to the red group. This group is significantly harder than the green group based on the odds. Alcaraz is plus 160 to win the group. Medvedev is plus 210. Rublev is plus 350. And Zverev is 4-1. to one. So unlike the first group, we can kind of eliminate Rune and Tsitsipas because I'm not picking Tsitsipas to win the group. This one is pretty open because Alcaraz, despite looking like the best player or 1A, 1B with Djokovic for the first half of the year, Recently, he has not been in great form, and he's also been injured. Because a reminder, he ended up losing to uh, Dimitrov in Shanghai. Then he took about 20 days off and lost in the first round to Safulin in Paris. So he's only played one match in the last month, which means Russ could be a factor, or he was injured and the time off allowed him to recover. It remains to be seen, but the point is Alcaraz has not been in great form recently. And as a result, I do think you can kind of fade him and go for a longer shot in this event, in this group in particular. Now, Medvedev did beat Alcaraz in the U.S. Open semi, uh, but you are also pointing out or acknowledging that Alcaraz did own Medvedev in the head-to-head before that. So I think Medvedev's interesting. Has he been Has he been in great form lately either? Not really, and, and uh, Medvedev actually did lose in the group stage last year. Didn't win a match. I believe he lost all three matches via third-set tiebreak, which was extra painful. But I do think, looking at this overall uh, group, I might do the unthinkable and fade Alcaraz here. I think that plus 160 might seem appealing, but I do think the price is actually pretty large for good reason. It's because there's a lot of uncertainty involving Alcaraz's fitness and his current form. So I think I'm going to fade Alcaraz, and I'm going to go with Medvedev at plus 210. Medvedev, I think, is in line for a good showing here. He has done well in the past here. I know last year was kind of an exception. Every match was close, and he lost by the thinnest of margins every time. But Medvedev has won this title before, was in London, but still made the final in Turin in 2021. So he has familiarity with the court, and so does Zverev, actually. So Zverev is a two-time winner, did win it in 2021. So... You have a lot of, once again, really difficult decisions to make on who you think can win this quarter. Rublev even has a shot at plus 350. The problem with Rublev is I am concerned about his overall, I would say, I don't want to say anger management, but his impatience at times. And I do think that if he ends up getting into long matches with Medvedev and Zverev and even Alcaraz, I do think that Rublev could potentially punt a match he has a good chance of winning because he's going to get impatient and start just blasting unforced errors all over the court. Now, Rublev's been in good form lately. He did take Djokovic to the brink in the last match they played against each other, uh, but unfortunately, Rublev did fall short as he lost in three. Djokovic wasn't exactly in great form, but he was in good enough form. I think for the sake of this group, though, I'm going to go with Medvedev at plus 210, 
Zverev hasn't exactly been in great form either, though, which is why this is kind of a problem. But Rublev has kind of been owned by Medvedev in their careers, and we saw in the U.S. Open this past year. And Zverev has had some recent success against Medvedev, or compared to how he did in the past. But Medvedev has been good against Zverev as well. So it is pretty interesting, but I think for the sake of the group winner, I don't think Alcaraz is going to beat uh, I don't think that Zverev is going to beat Alcaraz because Alcaraz has owned him for the last couple of meetings. I think Rublev can beat Alcaraz. I think he's going to have a fearless approach to it. So I think for the sake of the group winners, I'm going to be bold and fade Alcaraz, but I'm going to go with Medvedev and I'm going to go with Rublev. I think those two prices are solid. And for the actual semifinal price range, Medvedev is minus 160, Alcaraz is minus 190, Rublev's plus 125, and Zverev is plus 130. Now, for this one, I do think you can make an argument that Medvedev has value because he has been good lifetime against Zverev and against Rublev. There's been a couple of hiccups recently, but for the most part, he does do well against those two guys. And if Medvedev does win against Rublev and Zverev, he's automatically going into the semis. So I think that Medvedev at minus 160 does make sense. Alcaraz a 190, I don't fully love, but I actually like that a bit more than him to win the group at plus 160, despite it being basically a dollar a dollar fifty more expensive. But I do think that Zverev is interesting. I probably wouldn't pick him. I still think that Rublev, Medvedev, and Alcaraz are better players than Zverev. It's close, at least compared to Rune against the rest of the group in the green group. But for me, I think the only play that I actually like for the semi for value would either be Medvedev at minus 160 or Rublev at plus 125. But that's going to wrap it up for the actual uh, quarter breakdowns or group breakdowns. Now it's time for my picks to actually win the entire event. And you have Djokovic as the favorite of about plus 140. You have Alcaraz at 350. Sinner is at 5-1. to one. Medvedev is 550. Sitsipas is 14 to 1. Rublev is 14 to 1. And you have Rune and Sitsi and, uh, and uh, Zverev, I mean, at plus 2,000 apiece. Djokovic is my pick at plus 140. He's won it six times, won it last year. I'm obviously going to take him at plus 140. Now, Alcaraz, I'm going to skip because I do question his current physical form. So I'm not going to pick him. He might make me eat those words, but either way, I don't exactly like the price and I don't like the group he's in because it's a very difficult group. Now, Sinner at 5-1 to one, has been in good form, but Djokovic kind of owns him. And I do think that can be a potential issue for Sinner to deal with. I also wonder if Sinner is going to make it out of the quarter or the group because he occasionally finds himself in marathons against uh, players that you'd assume he should be, but they're still talented in their own right. And Sitsipas being 5-2 and two lifetime against Sinner does kind of scare me off a little bit. Medvedev at 550. I think that's in intriguing in my opinion. I think Medvedev is going to make it out of the group. So I think I am going to go with Medvedev at 550. I know he got killed by Djokovic in the U.S. Open final, but Medvedev has had some good matches against Djokovic in the past. He's not going to be intimidated, and he has won this event before. So I do think that looking at Medvedev, who was a finalist here in this exact same court in Turin in 2021, he's off of a first round or a round-robin elimination last year going winless. So there might be a little bit of an extra trip on his shoulder in this spot. Give me Medvedev at 550, and I think that's it. You can make an argument that Rublev might be interesting at 14-1 to 1 because of his form recently and the fact that he did take Djokovic to three sets in Paris, but I really don't see it. I think that you're probably looking at Djokovic or... Uh, you can argue Alcaraz, Sinner, or Medvedev winning it 
but I'm not going to pick any of the other four guys. You can make an argument for Sitsipas or Rublev. I'm not going to do it. I don't trust Sitsipas enough mentally, and I think Rublev is going to struggle against Djokovic once again, like he always does. But I think that Medvedev, Sinner, and Alcaraz are wired a bit differently. Definitely Alcaraz and Medvedev, where they're not going to walk in totally intimidated by Djokovic. It might not help, but I do think that it's going to be a serious issue for the other guys that I eliminated from contention anyway, because I think Djokovic is already just mentally in their heads. And I do think that you're looking at Djokovic being this invincible opponent in the mind of, uh, for example, Rublev and Tsitsipas and Zverev. Rune, not so much. In fact, Zverev's actually won a match or two against them. But the, gr- the groups themselves are not easy for Rune and for Zverev. So I'm going to pass on those guys too. But I think my picks for this event are going to be on Djokovic at 140. And I'm going to go with Medvedev at plus 550. Thought about Sinner and thought about Alcaraz, but I think I'm not going to do it. I prefer Sinner over Alcaraz because Sinner has an easier path to make it into the two spot in that group. But I think I'm going to stick with those two. Give me Djokovic at 140 and give me Medvedev at plus 550. That's going to wrap it up for the actual outrights in the ATP Finals. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks. But before continuing that, I can have a quick word from our sponsor. In honor of Veterans Day, everything in the SGPN merch store is 10% off with the promo code VETS, V-E-T-S. All proceeds from this sale will be donated to Mission 22, a non-profit serving those who have served to support a great cause and score some great gear. Store.sportscampockets.com, promo code VETS. We're brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is the world's favorite sportsbook, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Props, sides, totals, live betting, Bet365 has you covered. And if you like boosts, you're going to love Bet365 because they have a 30% profit boost on your NFL same game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout offer if your team goes up 17 points. Sign up today and choose from two bonus offers, either a $1,000 free bet safety net or bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets. Just head to sportsgampockets.com slash bet365, sportsgampockets.com slash bet365. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside of your football team all season long. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And a reminder, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love attending sporting events in person. And especially now with college basketball season starting, there are a lot of games, maybe locally for you, that you can go see. And you want a place that you can trust to actually get tickets. And I recommend Game Time because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And my personal favorite feature on the app is the images of seat views. I'm sure all of us can relate to a time where we got tickets to an event and we were looking forward to it. And then as soon as we sat down in our seats, we realized we made a horrible a horrible mistake. Our view was obstructed. And suddenly you were looking forward to actually seeing something you paid for and then you couldn't see anything because there was a beam or something in front of you and you realize you potentially wasted some money. Well, that's not going to happen with game time because they will show you with this feature the exact view you're going to get 
before you spend any money on that seat. But also, Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So sign the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, Use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the outrights for the ATP Finals in Turin. Now it's time for the lock and off picks for some matches. Coincidentally, the two matches that I liked early on are going to be on the Sunday card. So starting off with the lock, I am going to go with Rune, plus the four and a half games at minus 120 as he takes on Djokovic. I know Djokovic is the best player of all time, but Rune has actually been good against him, historically speaking. And I think because of that, this line does seem a bit steep. They also just faced off against each other about a week and a half ago in Paris, and Djokovic did win, but every set was competitive, and he ended up winning in three. So Rune has gone to three sets in each of the last three head-to-head meetings, and he's also won at least one set in all four meetings. The one exception, the one differentiator there was the U.S. Open meeting in 2021, but the point is, you're looking at the two meetings this year, Djokovic won the war and Rune won the war, and then they also faced off in Paris last year, Rune won that one in three, but getting four and a half for a guy in Djokovic who wasn't exactly in the greatest physical form for most of that Paris run. Now, he was off for about a week, so he should look a lot better, but I do think that Rune's game itself is going to give Djokovic some problems, and I do think that Rune won't be intimidated since he has beaten Djokovic several times before. Am I picking him to win? No. But I do think he can keep this close, and if you also want to look at Djokovic's run to the ATP Finals title last year, he really didn't do a great job of covering this number. So to look at it, he did not cover against Tsitsipas in the first match, 1-6-4-7-6, did cover against Rublev, then had a three-set marathon against Medvedev, so he did not cover there, then he faced off against Fritz, 1-7-6-7-6, did not cover there. The point is, more often than not, Djokovic did not cover because the matches were competitive. I can see a breaker, maybe a 7-5 in there, but I do think Rune does enough to hang in there without getting totally blitzed. Four and a half just seems too high for a spread, in my opinion. So give me Rune plus the four and a half at minus 120 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to the other match on Sunday between Sinner and Sissipas, and I'm going to go with the over. Give me the over two and a half sets at plus 150. Simply put, Sissipas has done better in the head-to-head, but Sinner has kind of turned a corner a little bit because Sitsipas was owning uh, Sinner every time they played. Then the tables turned a bit in the Australian Open because Sinner was able to come back from two sets down, ended up losing in five, but that was very competitive, and then Sinner eventually beat Sitsipas in Rotterdam in February. So the point is Sinner might not be fully intimidated by Sitsipas anymore because he finally beat the guy 
on hard court, and I do think that you're looking at what should be a competitive match. City Paz has been in better form lately, still not always trustworthy, but Sinner did have some stamina concerns in his last event, did take some time off, so we'll see how he looks. But City Paz has been here before. He has won a title back in 2019. Was in London, but the point is he has won ATP Finals title, so he's not going to be intimidated. I think he will show up for at least one set in this matchup. Give me Sinner and City Paz over two and a half sets at plus 150 as the value play dog. So once again, the lock and dog picks for the show. The lock is going to be on Rune, plus four and a half games at minus 120. And the dog will be on City Paz and Sinner over two and a half sets at plus 150. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm not exactly sure what the game plan is going to be for the schedule moving forward. I will have co a couple episodes for the round robin. Not sure what days, but I'm going to have some. So stay tuned for that. Until then, though, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show and the NFL shows with the network. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.